1: we're on, Let's yes, ready. And today's guest, we've got
0: fucking Danny. Well, yes, James, how, how you are you, brother? I'm good, man. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. good to see you. Good to see you. Thank you for inviting me on. Yeah,
1: thanks for coming yeah. on.
0: No, it's it's powerful, man. It's going to be powerful. Yeah, you've got a powerful
1: story. Yeah, very powerful. London boy, London born. Bred. shot three times. Yep. Paralysed from the waist down. Ended up over 30 stone. Yeah, 32 and a half. In the hospital for over two years. Nurses cleaning up your shit, your piss. And now here you are mate, you walked up the stairs here to get here and you've lost fucking over 10 stone, you're flying, you're sending positive messages, you're going round schools, going round prisons, changing life, you're using that fuel, the pain of the past to now
0: making some positive changes for the future, I love that. Yes, no, thank you, I appreciate it. So how have you been? I've been good, you know, it's been a powerful year, obviously with the so-called pandemic, it's still powerful, do you know what I mean? I think it's how you look at life. That's what really makes a difference. How you personally yourself looks at life. Yeah. So that's what that's what counts. Got to take the good with the bad. Hundred percent. Got to keep our head and There's up always up more water. good when you weigh up the bad. Yeah, definitely. I'll always go back to the start yeah. with my guest brother, yeah. where you grew up and how it all began. So basically, I grew up in Croydon um, area, South Norwood to be precise. Um, yeah, South London has probably got <laughs> that is crazy because South London's got like a a relatively good rep in the sense of like. A lot of so-called cool people come from South London, from where I'm from. And there's always a story behind it. So when you go out somewhere and you say, oh, people meet you, they're like, where are you from? You say like, South London, they're like, oh. So they're a bit taken back or they want to be your friend because it's like a cool thing that you're from South London. How was your schooling and stuff? You know, it was, I got, I was good at school till I got to probably year seven. So I always wanted to be seen and loud and a bit bossy, but... With my dad being Nigerian, my mum being English, my dad weren't tolerating the bad behaviour. So I think I was in year seven and I said to the geography teacher, oh, that's a liberty. And I remember shouting it out and all the class laughing. And then within about, I was suspended. And you know, you got to sit down and wait for your parents to come down. My dad come down with my uncle and less than 24 hours later, I'm in Nigeria. <laughs> so my dad was literally... Said to me, what does liberty mean? Took me home, said to me, explain to, explain to me what liberty means. Remember, I'm in year seven. I didn't know what liberty means. But when I got to Nigeria, I, re- I realised liberty means at your own freedom, that freedom I lost. So I got sent back to Nigeria because of my behaviour. And it's more of answering back and coming from an area where it was like fighting all the time. So that's what it was for me. So what, how long were you in Nigeria for? for the first time was like maybe eight, nine months. And that was like when I turned from 12, no, year seven. So year seven, yeah, 12 to 13. Old. I had turned 13 over there and my life oh it was crazy, man. It was like, it was like, I'm coming from England and then I'm going to Nigeria and then I'm getting water. I'm, I remember I said to my dad, dad, um, I put the taps on, there's no water coming out. He goes, this is called life, Darren. This is what you're going to learn the value of life. And I'm not going to lie, it taught me a lot till this day. And not only that, I got to meet my grandparents out there that I didn't, that hadn't been to England to visit me. They had been to England before, but they'd gone back to Nigeria. So it's like a life that that it turned my life around. So was he doing that for punishment or to learn you? Punishment. To understand life. To understand life? life, to appreciate what I do have when I'm in England. And for me, that was like a big head turn because not turning on the taps. And I remember the time I've gone to the light switch, I turned on the light switch and I'm like, there's no, there's no light. And I was like, dad, he's like, he goes, this is what I mean, you're going to learn. And then like within two weeks later, he just left me there. So he's gone, he's gone back home. But that's the lesson that I did not need. I had some, there's some huge actions that implemented on my life throughout that. It taught me like discipline and stuff and to appreciate stuff and, I think it kept, it's still with me now. So that, the stuff that I don't take advantage for turning on the light, go into the, not going to the world to get water, but it taught me a lot of discipline. How was that then? Was there any resentment against your dad at that time? At first, because I'm young, I was like, oh, why did you send me? I was, my, I was scared of my dad. My dad's very strict and very direct and very strong. So if even with words, he's strong. So he didn't have to hit me. His words were as powerful as a hit. So whether it was a like me getting hit when I was growing up, or disciplined or him saying a strong word, I'll be real with you. It's probably one of the reasons why I'm still walking today because yeah. later on, as this goes on, I'll tell you something that one of the reasons when I come out of hospital, how I started to walk again. So what were you doing when you were in Nigeria? Were you schooling or was you just yeah, walking? My, so I was having a life at Riley because my, <laughs> my cousins, when my dad went, my cousins were, my, cousins, my uncle was a pilot. So I got to stay with them. So then I was getting like, we had drivers. So he's going to a place called Mr. Biggs, which is equivalent of McDonald's. So then I'm living that life. Then my granny was like, Darren, you're not here for that. Took me out of um, like a private school in Nigeria and put me in a mainstream school. Now that time I've gone into the mainstream school on a way, this is my first encounter on a, on, a, on a bus on the way to school. There had been some local robbers. Now the police had come and no lie, they shot them. But I didn't see them actually get shot I saw a commotion I'm only young there's a shooting thinking wow what's going on here and then I've gone back to school so the next day the bodies that I saw like the figures that I saw are laying in the gutter dead so for me I was like this is this is crazy this is well like I've seen death so at an early stage I saw death and I was just like I was taken back but then I was thinking okay cool because I've always been that strong-minded it's not me so they're laying in the gutter. So even when I was going home, I was thinking, they're laying in the gutter. Like, is that normal? But it was normal. There was robbers, whatever they'd done, they, they think. So that experience for me has an impact on me daily. What did you do when you come, come home? So when I come back
1: home, I was good. I was on a good path. Were you pretending to be good so you didn't get sent back? Yeah, of course. Were
0: you good? Yeah, I was, I was pretending to be good, <laughs> but I didn't want to go, I didn't want to go back to Nigeria, but I'll be honest with you, seeing my grandparents and, learning the discipline and the culture and seeing that the, the, way they, um, like the way they served their food and cooked their food and they t- preserved their food and stuff like that. It made me want to see my, par- my grandparents again. But shortly long after that, I was back in trouble. Just like silly things like being naughty and like disobeying my dad and getting silly things like he warned me like don't get a moped because they're dangerous. And me being Darren, I wanted a moped. So I used to hide this moped in the back of my granddad's garage. I got a spare key off my granddad. He only lived like um, 30 doors away from our house. So (laughs) i got a key, a spare key for the garage, got it cut. Don't ask me how I knew how to do this. I I was just thinking on the spot. Used to park the moped in the garage because my granddad never used the garage. And my dad was like, have I seen you on the bike today, Darren? like, no, not me, it must be someone else. Okay, cool. But I think he always knew. Because obviously he's a a man. So he's probably done these things as he's younger as well. But um, having two parents consistent in my life has been a blessing because it's taught me a lot of morals in my own relationships with uh, my family and people around me and the closeness. Do you know what I mean? And I think this day and age, a lot of people, they're not together with each other. What did you do your younger years for work? So my younger years, so basically my younger years, I... So I used to work in my dad's computer shop when I was in trouble, which was every weekend <laughs> and every day. I remember, so the journey from the house would take in a car about 20 minutes. My dad would say, I'll see you at the shop. I said, what? I said, but you're going to the shop, daddy. Goes, I'll see you at the shop. So he used to get on the bus for an hour and a half, go get go to the shop, come back from the shop. He'd leave the shop, go home and say, I'll see you at home. So I used to spend that three hours commuting on the weekend, that was my punishment because I didn't I didn't listen to him. So that was I spent a lot of time doing lines as well and <laughs> holding up the world. So mm-hmm. holding up the world is means you stand against the stand. Against stand near the wall with your hands up and every time they go low he used to say listen if they drop you're going to get you're in trouble so I was like oh cool and I remember writing right lines so like the Bart Simpson lines I must not I must yeah, not I yeah. must, that was me mm-hmm. every time and he, Darren must not do this Darren must not do that and I used to think oh man it's too much man have you too- any brothers or sisters? I've got a younger brother how old is you? he's 20, 28 29 mm-hmm. 29 but he's a, he's, he's a good boy. he's a good man he's a powerful man and um I'm ever so blessed to have him because not realizing it. You know when you have someone younger, you always yeah. look at, that's like my little brother, not realising there's probably six or seven years between us, but he'll always be my little brother because I've seen him grow and I really appreciate his growth and not going to take, like the area we're from, taking on the roads. And I think his biggest turnout was when, for me, when his friend got stabbed. Um, it's been 10 years, a boy called Charms. And I remember him screaming down the phone, hysterically, um, that took a big on his impact on his friendship group. And that was probably the first time I probably heard something like other than being in Nigeria, like in England though, but getting stabbed. That was so close to home. That was his best friend. When I mean best friends, the group of friends that he's with have stayed together ever since. Did he die? He died, man, unfortunately. Yeah. Which is 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 crazy because so he had so much talent.
1: Yeah, shit fucks with your head and it does. Did that affect your brother? For it, a long time It still affects you When you lose something like it that does. Or somebody like that It's It still plays in your mind Something will trigger it
0: Whether it's a year 10 years yeah. 20 years It definitely does Because Short after I got shot So It was like A double whammy His friend has, has been His friend took a knife attack And passed And then his older brother Gets shot And then The journey there Is just like It's impactful Towards my whole family man And Even though I, you, know, you know what the thing is, James, with me that really hurts me the most is I got shot. So I'm a victim, but I feel that I am to blame for it. So when I look in my mum and dad's eyes and my son's eyes, I feel like I owe them so much because I got shot. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like I own my trauma though. I own the trauma. So going into it, I, don't, I didn't even tell my, I haven't told my son to this day. I've been shot either and I don't, I don't intend to because it's my trauma, I want to own it. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't want my son to grow up with, I'm going to get this person or try and find a person that done this to my dad. And number two, I don't want him to grow up and think, oh, my dad's a gangster because there's nothing gangster about getting shot. There's nothing gangster about picking up a knife or even doing a shooting. I think you're a clown if you pick up any type of weapon to endanger someone's life. And from an early stage, my dad always said to me, if you can't have a one-on-one with someone, and win with your bare hands, you're not a man. Yeah. You don't need weapons to go and fight. And it's lifeless, man. Let's be honest, the amount of death that's going on and despairing people's family, because like I said, from my heart, it doesn't stop here, man. The trauma is with me every day. Like the trauma is with my mum. I get a text from my mum, I can show you on my phone, five o'clock every day, son, good morning, just need to know you're okay. That has not stopped. Yeah, when I leave the house, Son, make sure you message me when you get in. I'm 37 years of age. That is impacting my life and my mum's and my dad's and my brother. Down to the point, even when I come in here. Let me know how the flight is. Obviously, courteous things, but it's more. So. There's more to it.
1: Than more being, to it. Showing love and making sure you're okay. It's just something at the back of the yeah, mind that because they don't want to lose. You've had that phone call. Yeah. Listen, your son's been shot. He could potentially yeah. be dead. And I always say it, a gangster is a weak man. Tell Frank, another weak men What to do Frank, listen, But when I mean, you actually I speak to a lot of bad men And Well potentially And yeah. the When you break it all down you, you do see the vulnerability You see the shit That went through in their past That's, and, what, it
0: is. that's what it is It's a bad upbringing And, and they want someone forward. to blame
1: Same as drug dealers If you're selling drugs You're wow. part of the problem There's kids as young as 10 Taking drugs you're part of that. People die in prostitution. Thank you're part you. of that connection. So people say, "Oh, don't touch it. Or don't do yeah. this." You're still part of the connection Thank if you. you've got other people to do it. So, and in but if you don't know that, yeah. it's hard if you're in that life because you do. And we say it all the time, a product to an environment. Yeah. It is hard to listen to others. But when you've actually lived it and you've experienced it and you've been there, you go, listen, I'm fucking yeah. telling you. Do I'm you. Do you want your mum to come up crying or my your mom, dad, your brother? Listen, Were you in everyone. a gang yourself? Were you in that gang culture? Yeah. Were you a violent man yourself? But the gang's not
0: going to be with you. Yeah. When push comes to shove, they're gone. Yeah, but were you? Were you yeah. in a gang then? No, never in a gang. So when my isn't happened, I was like on and off the roads, I'll be honest, um, here and there, do you know what I mean? But I was never a gang person. So I had a job. I worked in the post office. Um, for seven and a half years. I had a job at the time of my shooting and stuff like that. But obviously being around the area that I'm from, I met a lot of people that done whatever, I was involved, whatever, here and there, but I've never, I'm not a violent person. I never condone hurting or touching everyone or robbing anyone. That's never been my thing. Middleman, make drinks here and there. It's simple, something it's easy, but whether you're the middleman, the main man or any man, listen, that game is a mugs game, man. I can't lie because you either go to jail, yeah, or you're gonna get robbed, or you may not even wake up in the morning because all the whenever they catch you, that someone there's no loyalties no more. So, how was your life leading up to the shooting then? Oh, it was good, man. I was buying and selling cars, so I had to, I always had a I had a loophole because I knew so many people, so I can buy and sell cars. I didn't even need to sell my cars an Auto Trader, so I had so much friends, so called, well, let me go back, associates around me that were buying cars and stuff, um, cars. Um, I worked in a post office and then my friend showed me about scrap metal. And me, I was always a man, like an entrepreneur type of brain. Like I had something that, like, I had something. Once I do something, I'm fixated on it. So my friend said to me that like, one day, come, come, let's go scrap metal in. I said like, what's scrap metal in? I didn't get it. And he's like, come, come, come. Jumped in the van, done a day with him. And we got like 500 pounds. I was like, oh. for people leaving out washing machines, free like microwaves and this, that, the other. He's, he's showing me how to break the non, no, take the non-frores down and weigh it in and do it separate. Then I, then I pulled off a job. I remember going to the hotel in Croydon. I said, oh, um, what if I bring, like, what are you doing with all the baths and the sinks? He's like, well, we're getting rid of it. I said, but you've got a big skip. It's going to cost you money. He's like, well, if you can get me five vans down here now, yeah, you can have the job. So I went to the scrapyard and asked five people, come with me, i got a job. Listen, I was getting maybe seven to 10 grand out of all their scrap metal. You're talking taps, the copper, yeah, the sinks. Thanks. And then I took it up every day. So I used to get up at four o'clock in the morning, go scrapping till 5.30 in the morning, have a van full, yeah? And then go to the gym because I was trying to lose it. I was very big then. I was quite big to be fair. I was quite a fat to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, That's I can't, the best way you, you know, Yeah, you know, there's It's not quite me trying to beat around the corner. Yeah. I was fat. And then- then I thought, you know what, I need to do. So do the gym. This is gonna help me burn weight when I'm lifting the metal. Then go to the gym, stop, finish about six o'clock, shower in the gym, get to post office for 7.30, do a 24 24 and a half hour sh- um shift a week. So that probably about five, five or four hours a day. And then that was it. Then I used to wait to about three thirty, no, three o'clock, weigh in the right in the metal. So I had a good routine. So I was always working. Before the post office job, I was um in job centre plus working in job centre plus. So I always my dad my mum and my dad are hard workers. They've always taught me to work for the money. That money doesn't come easy, but they've always taught my dad's always told me one crucial thing do not chase money. And till today I understand why. He said money will chase you. Because the more you chase it, the more it's gonna run. If you be the flow, money will come to you. And he's told me one key thing out of everything is save your money, invest your money. And that's where a lot of people go wrong these days. These kids, they see this Instagram life and what they're not showing you is some of these people could done an investment or had ham, like a big investment handed down from their family, like premium bonds or stuff like that. Then they use it on stuff, material things. And all of a sudden you want to do it or you want to sell drugs now because that rapper says that or that. That rapper doesn't sell drugs. That, that rapper sells records. Yeah, that word sell drugs. So that's where it is for me. Yeah, but you just got to keep, Again, your dad seems like an
1: educated man who try to keep level-headed, understand yeah. how violent London can be in the Very, crime, but there's still a lot of opportunities in yeah. London, just like anywhere, especially if he's out grafting, if you're working. So when you're going through all that, then working hard and just trying to make a quick
0: earner, yeah. the night you get shot, what happened with that experience? That was like, if I'm honest, I don't know, man. It was, It's crazy because... So I'm at the back of the van... I've got, there's a person approached me with a mask on. He's like, give me the money. I was like, what money are you talking about? And then I've turned around, sorry, it's pitchbacks dark. He's like, give me the money. I'm like, what money? And then I've lost my temper. He's shot me. So I had a a wound across here, just like, you know, like a skin wound. I grabbed the person by the throat. I didn't freeze. Maybe if I froze, I probably, maybe I wouldn't have been in this situation now. Maybe I've been walking. Maybe I wouldn't have been paralyzed, but then maybe I would have been dead. I didn't freeze. I hit out. And then by that time, two other cars were parked, not far away to say, a few meters away. And then two other people, uh, four people come out of a the car, then another four people come You're getting rushed, punched, kicked, punched, kicked. You can't feel them. It's like proper, like it's a little flicks. You can't, you cannot feel it. I'm not re- registering a guy's got a gun. Cut a long story short. They're like, I'm gonna kidnap you. You're coming with me. I know you got money. I know you got money. So I took off the, I had like a Louis Vuitton bag, you know, one of them messenger bags, zipped in my jacket. So I'm thinking, okay, take it, take it, just take it. So I've got it off my neck, but he's grabbing my this bag so hard, it's you know, it's cutting into my neck. So I'm having like these bruised kind of marks. In the end, I said, look, just take it. Like whatever you come for, just take it, take it, take it, take it. I'm scared, innit? I'm not gonna lie because boy, you got now there's like eight of you anyway. And I remember my, my dad saying, whatever you do just punch or hit someone because that way you got your man. So whether you your friend get them or the police get them, that's someone laid down. That's your person. Done it, hit out, but there's only so much hitting now. You got fresh hands, fresh feet hitting you, kicking you, punching you, and before you know it I just wanted to end. I'll be honest, I just wanted it to end so bad. Got to a point where I'm walking with a person and I just remember seeing this lamppost and I just bear hugged it with all my life and I just started screaming as loud as I could and um he shot again and it missed it went through the fence and he hit the other someone that he's with and then i've done it so now it's broke free i've screamed a girl's come running down the stairs screaming 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 it's like it's weird it's happening slow but fast like at the same time so like i've i've seen the girls like as i'm laying on the like as now i'm getting kicked and punched and a man's come running out from the gate before I know it, they're about to they they've now broke free. So I'm I'm free now. So me, I'm walking off and saying, I'm gonna catch you, I'm in anger now. I'm gonna catch you I don't know who's done it. There's all masks, I can't tell you what colour they are, what they look like, or anything. And I'm just like, I'm gonna find out who this is watch. I'm just sh- sh- shouting in anger. The the person has run up in my run up to my back. So say that's my back here. They put the gun in the back, they've let it go. And instead of going through my chest, which is here. It didn't. It went down and ricocheted into my spine. I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't know what. I didn't know how effective the spine was till uh, till at least eight hours after my injury. Mm-hmm. So now I'm laying on the floor. I'm calling one of my friends on her phone, saying, "Look, I think I've been shot, but maybe I've been stung on because there's no blood." And I, this is this is the reality of it. I'm not. That's not my life. So for me, when I was on the floor, I remember. It's, you're, you're going to think this sounds weird, but you know when Phil Mitchell in EastEnders gets shot, this is all I can say. He's like, ah, oh, loads of blood and all this. And you're just like, well, he's got shot. You can see he's been shot, but obviously it's the TV. There, wasn't, there was a drip of blood about that much sitting on the floor. So I don't think I've been shot, but literally as I'm laying on the ground now, my, from my toes to my chest here, it's going numb. And it's going numb so quick. Like it, it, like I'm having to lay out on the floor. So now I've had to lay down because it's so numb and heavy, my body. But I'm thinking, this has got to be a stun gun. There's no way on this earth. So I'm like, all right, just, I'm ringing my friend, just get me to my mum's, get me to my mum and dad's. I'll be all right, it's cool. Like, I'll be all right. We, we'll deal with this later on. No, man. It's at 8.20, I hugged my mum. I was going out. 8.30, when I drove down the road, 10 minutes later, I'm shot. I'm nearly dying on the floor and oh man and just you know what I was more scared of if I'm honest the phone call that someone's going to call my mum and dad and say because I'm their child and in anyone's uh life and I've spoke to my dad about life before because I'm 28 at the time and um he says your children never go before you and that rang bells in my head that's the honest truth did you think that kept you alive at that point yeah because I'll tell you what kept me alive is uh I don't know man, it's a number of things. My mum, my dad, and it's Cam, my son. Um How old was your son at the time? Two, two. So it's not that so it you know that kept me alive. It kept what kept me alive was I can't die, man. I, I, it's not it's not my journey to die. So I just wanted to tell me when I get into the hospital that uh, I've been stung on it and you're frozen, your body just froze, it will free soon. Oh man, and then I get to hospital, I'm, I'm getting blue lighted, sorry, let me go back to the blue light. So I'm in, the hosp- I'm in the ambulance and the ambulance people are talking over me. And I'm saying, I'm starting to worry now, adrenaline's like it's, kicked, like, it's gone now, this is me now. I'm like, what's happened? What's happened? Why are you not telling me nothing? They're cutting off my clothes. But you've got to imagine, I can't feel them cutting off my clothes. I can see them when I'm looking over the, the mask, they're cutting off my clothes. Why? Why are you cutting off my clothes? So you're going to be okay. And then I'm hearing blue lights and then I'm hearing screams and then I'm just, a number of things and they hit you with morphine. So now I'm all over the place. Like I get to the outside the hospital. I look around, there's loads of people that I know. Why are they all here? And then it dawns on me, man. Like I'll get rushed in from the ambulance to a room. I'm in ICU now. Uh, which is the highest unit. Oh man, my mum and dad are there. Shit. My mum and dad are there and they're just like, you've been shot. I said, like, okay, cool. But then I've got a rush to go get to CT scan, MRI scan. All these scans are going on. So then they pulled us in the room, pulled the curtain around and they're saying there's a bullet lodged in my spine. L1T12. It's hit three bones on the way down and it's lodged. And then they've said, the, the words that hit me the most hardest is uh, you're never going to walk again. So from that from there and then, from the get-go, with the spinal cord injury being so damaged from the bullet, so it's from the shot and the, whatever the bullet lets out, when it goes in, the damage to the bones and the spine is affected. Um, I didn't know how to take it in, man. I just pumped morphine. I remember pumping this morphine, just like hand on the button, just pumping, 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 and then... The next day was like a hard hitter because 'cause I'm gone, um I said to my mum, She's up the next day, oh, I need to go wee. She's like, What? She said, I oh, no, no, she said, sorry, let me go. She didn't say what. I said I was like, Mum, I need to go wee. She's like, Yeah, okay, cool, just go. I said, What? I said, But help me out the bed. She's like, Darren, you're not you don't get it, do you? You're paralysed from your waist down. You got a catheter on. I was like, Mum, a catheter's for older people, like when I see them in the homes. Not not judging anyone, just saying, and said, like, you've got a catheter and you're going to have to have a catheter for the rest of your life. I was like, shit, man. That's when reality hit me hard, man. And that's when I took some major, I went downhill. Do you know what I mean? I really did went downhill. And I remember looking up online, I think Blackberries were out then. And I just remember having a little uh, iPad when they first come out and I was looking for, to commit suicide and going to Switzerland to commit suicide because um, you pay £10,000 and they give you a pill. That's how much I wanted to really, really get out of it. And I had some mad dark times in there. And I put on a lot of weight. I put on, I come from 21 stone. Within seven months, I put on 11 and a half stone. I was eating, I was lying about my eating. I was secretly eating, asking people to bring stuff in. i have done two and a half years in hospital in total at three different hospitals. I started the thing king for four and a half weeks when they got me up on a bed, this is how serious it is. So they said, so they, uh, physio will get you out an OT on the side of a bed with great help. So you got to remember the embarrassment for me is i got a five foot woman hoisting me out of bed. Do you know what? Pride that took out of me that I was getting hoisted of, out of a bed. Listen man, it's, it's not, it's, it's something I'm never going to forget but it's the experience that I want to grow from and I'm going to use it as fuel to always do better because when I was getting hoisted, my dignity had gone. And every time they hoisted me, my bowels would open because I didn't have no control over my bowels. So I had a catheter put on the side of the hoist. The woman hoist me off the bed with someone else and then put me on to the, a wheelchair, wheel me down to physio. As soon as I do physio with them, my bowels open again because I've got spinal shock. So I'm going through hell right now. Mm. This is What life is this? I'm relying on three nurses a day. In the bed, you can smell something. My bowels are open. My bowels are open. It's embarrassing. I don't want to see no one. It got to a point where I turned everyone away from my hospital. Then don't come. No visits today. So I hit some dark places. I remember getting a ferroband. A ferroband's what they te- teach you to do exercise with your hands. Because that's the only thing that's working out from here, is like my head, shoulders and my band. So you're doing ferrobands. I remember getting a fur and tying it to the back of the um, hospital bed, and boy, I just I just remember yanking my neck, saying, "Please, God, let me go, please, God, let me go." But that's that's the reality of this. So you try to kill yourself? Yeah, uh, twice. And how was your your dad and mum at that time? Ah man, they was in bits because I imagine having uh, your son telling your his mother that I'm going to commit suicide, and then my dad's my mum's told my dad. By this time, I'm in Mayday Hospital, Croydon uh, University Hospital, and my dad's come up in anger. Like, like, I remember when I, you know when your dad's angry when you're a child? I remember it. And he was red-eyed. He comes storming into my thing. He, he put me on, like, normally I need help to get on a wheelchair. He's thrown me on a wheelchair. And this is one of the strongest U-turns of life. When This is when you need tough love. He took me outside in the wheelchair, in the rain, yeah, on a woodcroft wing. I'll never forget it. And he was so angry. He's like, you want to tell my, life, your, my wife you're going to commit suicide, yeah? Yeah? If you're going to do it, Darren, you do it, yeah? But don't tell my wife that you're going to do it. And I remember him being so angry and his words just trembled through me and I realised that I can't do this, man. Even the thoughts, to, the, the build-up to commit suicide, do you know how hard that is? Mm-hmm. To even think, I'm going to pre-predict how I'm going to take my life. But then I've got to think how what my mum and dad are gonna see when I do this in the hospital, and my brother, Your and then what son. they're gonna tell my son. Do you know what I mean? And like all these things ran through my head, and I just I didn't want to be here no more. But without him doing that, and without my mum telling him, I probably would have tried it, to do it way more than three times. Way more than three times. I tried twice, three, way more than three times that I did mm-hmm. actually, because I tried. So the ferroban I wanted to go to Switzerland, and then I tried to take a lot of tablets. Not the tablets just gave me a headache. <laughs> so yeah. on top, so me trying to commit suicide in the other hospital, I, I'll be honest, I laugh about it, but I just had a big headache. Yeah. And then by that time I was just like, now I'm sitting up here on Tramadol mm-hmm. and the ceiling's going, vroom, vroom. So I mean like, I've, I've moaned at them saying, I want a side room. All I complained about is having a side room. That was my darkest days, man. That's one of those things I've never done is having my own side room. Cause I tried to take my life in there with tablets and end up with a massive headache for about three days and- um, You're not on uh, suicide or anything? No, 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 not not at all. But I think for me now, like I just, my message is so powerful. I just want to say whatever you, whatever you are going through, And remember if you are at rock bottom, there's only one way and it's up. And when you start climbing that ladder and using it as a process more than a negative outlook, you're gonna survive. And when you get to the your survival mode, that's in the middle of your survival mode. Cause you're gonna take dips. It's how you handle the dips. And for me, I handle my dips well. Cause I just I, I train myself to um just just be around like streams of happiness. And that's that's multiple streams and that's not money for me. That's love, man, that's emotion and like that's my partner and my son and my mum, my dad and turn up to the birthday to Christmasy stuff that I, every day, every time I have a birthday or Christmas, I feel like it's mine because that's the time where I've I've got to relive and see you again. So it's it's big for me, man.
1: Yeah, it makes you see the world
0: differently. So different. I
1: have a lot of, people on here that's caused a lot of pain on others. Yeah. We've got a lot of victims. That's yeah. why I never glorify anybody that's yeah. on because there's always victims. Always, man. You're talking about now you are a victim who yeah. has been shot, who potentially wanted to kill themselves, who their son grown up without a dad, yeah. the dad burying their son, mum burying their son. Yeah. People need to understand the fucking misery that causes by holding a gun and a knife. If you hold a gun and a knife, you are a coward. You are you, a shite bag. You are a coward. Because man. you are so weak that as on un- you got to understand that they are vulnerable yeah. as well they're so fragile yeah. that they need to hold that shit to yeah. give them protection but not understanding the whole fucking ripple effect that it causes yes, the it? misery the pain the trauma the heartache <sighs> people's lives are destroyed for the rest of their days for the on rest, this planet as well for, for the rest you know yeah. what
0: do you know what it does like like my 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 vision my vision is um, hypersensitive like hi- vigilant. it's crazy man i can't go to somewhere without sitting near a fire exit Remember, I'm on crutches, I can't run. Why am I trying to run for, I haven't done nothing. I don't have no beef or I'm not in a gang or I don't have nothing, I've never done nothing. So I was a victim of a gang crime. So why should I feel like this? Because someone put me in this position. Yeah. And everyone says, yeah, it's easy to get your mind straight. The word, physically and mentally trying to get your mind straight that's not the easiest thing it's taken me a long time and I still do stuff like anxiety I have a, I have like a flashback so it's a certain light from my lamppost if I'm driving or I'm walking I, and it just hits me and, it, and I'm just like whoa and I just feel a bit airy do you know what I mean and then I start looking over my shoulder thinking am I going to get shot again then the panic taxer comes in then I don't know man it's like it doesn't go but I'm aware of it now and I'm aware when then dips come like I said and I'm prepared to attach myself to stuff that makes me happy because that's what you need to do. And if you have, if anyone that picks up a knife or gun, uh I play I just pray, listen, before you go out and do something, they're gonna be two victims. It sounds crazy, but they're gonna be a victim that took the injury and a person that goes to jail. What you don't realize is both your parents are gonna suffer. Yeah. Both the parents in this situation are gonna suffer because they're gonna have a child in jail, yeah which is rightfully they need to go to jail when they harm someone, but it's not over for them. They get to come out. They get to still have life. They still get to create life. That dead person, they don't get to create life, man. Mm. Do you know what else is sad? I'm doing a lot of mentoring for young kids and um, with Gavin from Reach Every Generation. He's the person that got me onto the um, the the mentoring at first. I I've done a year and a half with him for free, like going up and down. Just I wanted to change one person's life that didn't happen actually in so many people's life. And one of the, there's two hard hitting stories. And one was when the guy mess, Ga- messaged Gavin saying that he wants to commit suicide because when he got stabbed, he had to have a colostomy bag. So when he got stabbed, he had to get a colostomy bag. He said, I'm never going to go Ibiza again. And he was calling it a shit bag. So I've got this shit bag. I'm not going to be able to have sex with girls or have a relationship. And he was worried about what his friend thinks as a young age, and, and that's what he, that's where he was aiming with it. And he messaged Gavin and said, I want to commit suicide. And for me, that's when I realized I was that person and no bladder, no bowels, no function, no walking. Oh man, I couldn't do it, man. And I'll tell you where the, the biggest U-turn for me, one of my other U-turn was when I was in that room on that tramadol, somehow my dad and my uncle had just turned up randomly. Remember I'm in the Ellsbury now, Mandeville Hospital, um, where it's a rehabilitation center to walk again. I need to say something now that see the nurses and, and physios they are
1: heroes man amazing yeah listen
0: they are amazing they are real life they they deserve more than what they what they do they get you walking you build relationships with them they help you and you're there, they're there 16 hours shifts with you so 16 hours a day sometimes 12 to 16 hours a day you're with them then you get a bond with them then you realize that they just they're here for their own reasons they want to help you it's not just a job for them and even the ones at Croydon University Hospital, I can't listen. I speak to them still today. So helpful. And I don't know, man, like uh, there's a time when, uh, I was in the uh, physio. So this is one of my turnarounds. So I'm in physio, I'm in my wheelchair. You got to do wheelchair skills. So big man like me, I'm 32 and stone. I'm, stoning, I'm pit on some, <laughs> wait, I've got a bariatric chair. Yeah. That doesn't fit through the doors. So I can't go home now because I meant to go home now. Um, but my wheelchair I've got so big. I've had to get a bariatric chair and a bariatric bed. They've got me a bed from America because I'm so big and I can't move. So going back to it, let me go back to the actual progress of it. So at first, so Mayday Hospital, I meant to go down for a catheter, a super pubic catheter. Six in the morning. So you're told that you're going to go down in the morning. You're put on a ward, you're going to go down. This is to have a super pubic catheter installed in my stomach. So when I go to wee, it goes straight into a bag, at some, in, a, in a leg bag, and that's it. 12 o'clock at night, I wake up. Remember, I'm going down in six hours or five and a half hours. And I'm like, nurse, I need to go wee. It's like, Darren, you're hallucinating because cause I had urine infection, you can hallucinate. And um. I'm like, no, I need to go wee now. I went pressing the bell. She's like, calm down, calm down. Can you just calm down? I said, if you don't come, I'm going to pull this out. She's like, you're going to pull what out? I said, I'm going to pull my catheter out. She's like, you, you dare, don't do that, please. Get me a doctor now, I could feel my wee. And I don't know what it was like, I promise you. like, I could feel I needed to go urine. Like, I needed to wee. So I was like, come, 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 come. Then she's come running over. Remember, and I've pulled this catheter out, not knowing it. <laughs> it's like this long all this blood and urine gone everywhere and then she's ran over got me a sick bowl so I weed and stopped she's like how do you do it that's that's when I realised I had a mental block that's right you, that's through the nurses and physios their professional hands up to them they're, they're brilliant people but some people telling me I'm, most people telling me 99% Darren you're not going to walk so you've got to remember you keep telling someone that I'm four months into my going to believe it. I'm going to believe it I know I'm five and a half five and a half months in I'm gonna believe I'm not gonna walk because you're telling me rest of, the, rest of your life, hospital bed in your house, wheelchair, social care outside, OT, physio, this, that, the other. You're planning me for the worst, not knowing that I had a mental block. That's when I started becoming aware of the mind more than anything. So then didn't have the didn't have the um, super pubic catheter, started weeing normal, started weeing into urine bottles, bowels, bowels come back within two days of that happening then my sexual function come back. And the reason why I say my sexual function like that with so much strength is because a male, that, that's a lot of pride to lose them things. Do you know what I mean? I'll never have a kid again. I will never give life at this rate. It come back, but my legs didn't. So now i am got my functions back, but my my legs are weak. Like, no, my legs are not moving. So they're still paralyzed. So from my groin, now my legs are not moving. They're, they're paralysed. There's a sitting there like that. And even my ankles, they're meant to be sitting like they are turned out. So they're having to massage it, whatever, cream it, do whatever every day. And then um, I get to Stoke Mandeville and Stoke Mandeville is like wheelchair friendly. So you got to imagine I come from a normal hospital and then I've gone to Stoke Mandeville overnight, woke up and I've met this guy called Dr. Belchie and he's come around, he does his checks. He went up to my leg, he went, done some finger tests and pin tests and he went, See you in the morning. You're going to walk. So I was like, what? Dr. Belgi? come back, come back, come back. I remember shouting. Remember? It's like two. got transport got me there at two o'clock in the morning. I'm, just, I'm like, what do you mean I'm going to walk? He's like, I have faith in you. And he walked. And I was like, okay. So it gave me a glimmer of light. Mm-hmm. But obviously it's one against whatever. And then from that situation there, I didn't walk straight away. Um, it was a long process, but one of, one of the process was you meet a physio, you get your timetable, you have hydrotherapy, you have all these things in place, you go to it. So one was wheelchair skills, one that I never went to, one that always lost my temper over and said, if I don't see myself in a wheelchair, but I didn't trust the process, I'm not going to walk. And then this is always go back to, it's a process. And the process was, I had to do this to go further. So I went down to use the wheelchair to drive a car. So in the car park, in the, in the actual physio department, they have a car parked on the side. You have a sliding board, a banana board. So you, you're meant to scoot your bum over like this from the wheelchair over with your arms and just hold it along then you get in a car. She goes, yeah, that's how you drive a car. So I remember saying, are you crazy? That's not how you drive a car. Are you, Are you drunk? And she's like, please don't be offensive to me, Darren, or you can go. I said, I'm going, I'm going. And goes, you're not gonna do that. She's shouting, he's like, you're gonna do your physio and you're gonna do it properly. She's like, now move it. So I was like, okay. So I got up, I pushed up, took two steps and sat in the car and the whole of the physio department has gone quiet. And I'm like, she's like, do that again. I was like, do what again? She's like, do what you just did again. I said, what are you talking about? I had stood up, I put my hands on the, on on the the on my wheelchair Stood up, two two steps and sat on the edge of the car seat. So I didn't use the banana board. And then that's when I realised that it's the mental block more than anything. And I'm just going with the worst case scenario all the time. So what about if I think about the best case scenario? So then within days, like my leg is um, it's going crazy. Like I've got hypersensitivity. I still have it now. So it's like a fiery feeling. It's called... Um, Hyper, yeah hypersensitivity so it feels like you're on fire all day long it just feels like you're going up and down your legs are on fire so I thought how about if I get pain relief but try and walk but in the time least this happened I'm 32 and a half stone Put on 11 and a half stone being in the hospital how am I going to walk now when I've sabotaged myself and ate myself up I've put on 11 stone it's not even going to make no sense so there we so now back to the process I had to go back lose weight and and then start again. So I kind of like went back on my, like it's, I I just kept, kept like hurting myself like self hurt eating yeah self harming. So and getting putting all that weight on that was self harm. I just wanted to eat my way out of it, not realizing that I'm stopping the process uh, within. So then I started taking like a couple of, when I mean silly, like little steps like you're talking step like that step yeah. like that. I have to sit down. I'm out of breath. I'm walking 10 meters. It's taking me 35 minutes in a physio session. It's crazy. Yeah. How is it talking about getting shot? It hurts, man. I think today's, the, today's hurt me the most because I've never gone in deep depth like that. Mm-hmm. I've always hit the surface because I feel that. I don't know, I feel safer doing it. But will
1: be a release for you. Yeah, this will go out to the masses and it will give yeah. people a better understanding especially talking about killing yourself yeah. you wouldn't be sitting here if that happened no. you wouldn't be going to prisons schools helping others sometimes we've got to be the pawns in the game to, yeah. to go to the darkness do you know what you're strong enough to do it so you're going to be shitting in a bag yeah. you're going to be pissing all over the place yeah. you're going to be vulnerable yeah. you're going to be weak but you know what I know you're going to come through with strength yeah. power yeah. honesty and then you can start changing the fucking world yeah, Start a, changing lives and it's a beautiful yeah. thing now you're smiling beautiful. now you're happy yeah. you're skipping in here and fucking yeah. <laughs> buzzing to do this interview buzzing but buzzing. looking through all that the misery it causes everyone else the oh, heartache the pain so when you were the night you get shot was it night or day yeah night time 8.20 so if you never started fighting would you'd have been yeah, away I, was, I would have been gone
0: yeah that's it I, I reckon that they would have just done what they had to do and go but I didn't see the sense in it because you got the bag there was 300 pound you got like there was a car key in there the Louis bag was worth more what did you gain? So loads, loads of lives ruined for loads. buttons. Loads for for nothing. Yeah. What was and you? Did you? Anyone ever go to prison? No one. They didn't find out no camera evidence, whatever. But it's the way it goes, man. How that, would you feel if somebody came forward and says it was me? Shot you. The old me or the new me? Old me. We'll go with the old, new, the old you first. Let me tell you something. You know when you're younger and you got these so-called, not not so-called friends, but. These associates that say they ride or die and whatever. That's all bullshit. Let me tell you, it's all fake, man. That's all bullshit. And you know what's fake? It's so fake that you think that someone's going to go out that's on your right-hand man or your left-hand man and commit a murder for you. Like... Anyone that's listening to this, I need to wake up, man, because it's not happening, man. Same way they're not going to ride your prison sentence with you. Same way they're not going to ride the losses with you. They're not going to ride yeah. a murder for you. The yeah? only thing you'll you, be
1: riding is your fucking
0: bud. There you go. Yeah. That, that's 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 the reality. And, and there is the few that probably do do it. You're going to get caught. Yeah. There's too much CCTV. There's too much, and you, you deserve to get caught. You take someone's life or endanger danger. Listen, I'm no I'm no saint, but I will never cause no one no harm. Yeah. And I'm um, me, I'm a man of God and I, I've always been a man of God. I believe in that like, I'm a Christian. I've always prayed. I pray more now because I'm more grateful for my life now and the fruits of my labor and stuff like that. But like, if you ever think someone's going to sit down there and commit a murder, you're crazy. You're, you're off your head. It's not happening. So for me, the, old, the older me, I'd want to get revenge. The new me, I made a pact with God Saying if I am disabled for the rest of my life, which I am I'm am partly disabled, I'll be honest, you know what I mean? I've had to learn the terms of it. Um, I still have AFOs and walk on crutches. I still fall over, which is embarrassing for me at 37 years of age, but I get back up. And that's the process is, is the getting back up. Yeah, I broke my hip in half through someone calling me a cripple. I didn't like it. Oh, I broke my hip in half, drank silly, and this is where alcohol comes in, I need you to understand, alcohol is a drug, man, it's a depressing drug, man, I remember hiding behind the alcohol, like, even conversations with loved ones, and just saying stuff out of the blue when I was drunk, and I didn't drink till I was 29, 30. so I had a lot to say, you gotta remember, I'm harbouring the, the gunshot, and stuff like that, and you're, you're only human, man, we're only flesh and blood, like, know everyone has it hard when you when you go through a trauma it's how you handle your trauma it's what you t- decide to do with your trauma you can let your trauma drive you down or use that as fuel to go back up to your next level to to where you need to be me i use it as energy to go further and spread the message because like the new me if i saw the person now i'll ask you why man i'll ask you do you know what it really did to me the 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 I'm gonna be frank, like the pissing on the bed and my pride and shitting myself and not even that, the main thing was my family, man. How how am I still gonna tell my son? How how you tell me how am I meant to tell a 12-year-old boy he dad got shot? He dad he thinks his dad come off a motorbike. You know what's embarrassing for me? There's still the fact that I got shot. Cause I'm not even that character. And for you to hold a weapon and, and use it against me, it's nuts, man. Yeah. You're going to need, to, do you think you'll tell your son one day? Someone else will? Do yeah. Do you think um, it's best coming from you? 100% it's going to come from me. My bond with him is very tight. He's such a, he's a powerful boy, man. So powerful. Every time I speak to him, he ran me this morning on the way, he's like, Dad. I said, yeah, he goes, I'm just getting ready for school. I said, oh man, I love you, man. I said, have a good uh, day. And one day I was speaking to him on FaceTime. I said, what's that in the background? He said, oh, it's a Lamborghini. I said, why, how come you've got a Lamborghini and not something else in your thing? because I'm going to get one when I'm 20. And you know what he will, man? He will, whatever he's passionate about. And now one of his passions is to be a chef. So me, any advice to anyone that you've got a younger sibling or older person, just give them, teach them a skill. If, if they're passionate about something, invest in their passion. Don't force them to be something else that they don't want to do. It's not your journey, it's theirs. And I think a lot of people are, They live like, you know, I've got to do what my mum and dad, I've got to be a banker or a doctor. No, no, no. Do what you're passionate about. Me, my passion is to open my mouth and be the example of what can and what can't go on if you make it through. Like, I'm truly blessed by God to be sitting here today, to be able to breathe new life and still give life to to, 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 to anyone. Like, do you know what I mean? To have life. Like, it's a blessing. I get up every day and some, even though my feet can't feel the ground, I'm like, thank you, God. It's another day. Let's go. I don't care if that's four a.m. in the morning because I'm in pain. Five a.m. But we're ready, man. Like yeah. this, this is the this is it. This is where you excel. And I tell people all the time that just go, oh, man. Like, and it's not. I used to always be like a bit. Oh, what do they think if I'm on crutches? Or and he's giving me bad anxiety, man. Like, what do they think if he's been shot? And I think one of the biggest things for me is when I was in my wheelchair and I went to a local shop, and um, the person said to me, "What happened to you?" Like, an elderly person. And I was like, "I got shot." And she went, "You probably deserved it." That was a big knock. See that blow yeah. there? That was like getting shot because I just faced coming out in a wheelchair, being that weight of 32 stone. You got to imagine that my all pride's gone. I haven't got a haircut. I'm in hospital. They do Like I said, but time and time before, my wheelchair don't even fit on the back of the wheelchair accessible buses. And when it did, when I did finally get to go out the first day, I get told I deserved. I deserved it probably, mm-hmm. just because I got shot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when you start doing well in life, one of the best things you can ever do is not caring what other people think, and it's so hard because hard. we're living in a. A social media bubble We care too much What everybody thinks We want to be liked We want to be noticed We want to have the best of things Because we think it's going to Buy us love and attention but it's fake yeah. love it's fake attention it's fake but if you man. never went through all that shit as well you wouldn't be able to be teaching your son yeah. how to visualize and lamborghinis now out. external stuff don't mean yeah. fuck all but it's still good to have good things and have goals and yeah. understand yeah, life a bit more have and desires, have when you're goals. working through that then yeah you started learning how to piss again yeah. and started doing a the toilet there you go now, now and fucking yeah. but once you're over 30 stone how did you
0: get that battle what that was battle in your was, mind then at that <sighs> time Oh man That was crazy I remember saying To Dr Bell, I remember ringing up My friend Jin Saying come to hospital I need you to take me To all To get bariatric surgery He's like what What's that So bariatric surgery Is where You pit Um um, gastric, band? gastric bypass bypass mm-hmm. or a band yeah mm-hmm. so i was in despair i went and I, you know what it is I, I clicked something i woke up in the morning and you know when you've got something on your brain like i've got to do it now i've got to do it now got, i've got to act now and that's mm-hmm. always been me so if it if the idea comes i have to act. i don't care what time of day it is. i have to act now so i woke up in the morning i was like i've got to get back to the surgery because if i got my bladder bowels and my sexual frontal back imagine walking because my legs are just moving just just a little bit at this time. But imagine without all the weight on and quickly how much I'll get back. So then my mind's doing overtime, looking, looking, looking. I was like, take me there. So I drove all the way to open. How I got into a full focus, we will never know to this day. All the seats went down. He's managed to get me in the front somehow by remember I wasn't walking and he's pushed me in with his friend, whatever. I'm 32. So I'm sitting there like this and all, all the way from Owlsbury to open. So you're talking an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. And I, and then I, like, I'm like i just like, Oh, Oh, and we're driving, 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 driving. And I got there, got to, the, got the wheelchair out, got into the place. Like I had to call about five of them to come and help get the wheelchair. Out. The wheelchair, the boot didn't shut where the wheelchair is so big. Um, and they're like, we can't take money like this. It's a process. You've got a book in, you've got to come back, you've got to weigh your BMI. And then if you're not safe to do it, it's not happening. So with that, with more anger, done a U-turn, I wasn't allowed out of hospital. The hospitals ringing my, ringing my mobile saying, why are you out? Where have you gone? You're not allowed out of hospital because you're high risk, because you're shooting. We don't know if it's a revenge attack. I said, like, all right, cool. Didn't answer the phone, didn't answer the phone. Got back like about 20 miles in, Answer the phone, like, get back in there. I get back in, and then I go into a bit of depression.
1: Does you feel like a prisoner?
0: Yeah, of course. A hundred percent. Because I come, I become institutionalized. So I'll give you an example of institutionalized. So one time my brother's come to get me. And he's uh, let's go out for a drive. So with the nurses and doctors, they've helped me get in a car. And he goes, I'm going to drive you down to mum's. Listen, I cried, man. I had tears rolling down my But I didn't want him to see. So I kept looking out the window, just going like that. Like that pretending I weren't crying or thing, because... I never knew if I'm gonna sit in a car seat again, and you know, like you could smell your home smell. So when he come, I could smell the washing, the clothes. Even though I didn't live at that house at that time, but I could smell my mum and dad and different scenery because I'm so stuck, um, um, bounded to a routine in the hospital grounds. It's like a prison, but you're allowed to you're allowed to go outside the front, and you got to come back in. It's like prison with an injury. Even though I don't know what prison's like, and you know, God forbid anyone that goes there. Don't go there, man. Because I visited them when I met the kids. It's a crazy, crazy place. Um, Oh, man. And I remember getting to the door and my mum just cried. And my dad come out and sitting on the drive for the first time in maybe a year and a half. And I was like, (laughs) Raw I remember I couldn't walk over the step. There's a minor little step like that. But I knew that I couldn't walk because I didn't have crutches. At these times, I'm on a bariatric... um, What's them things called? Bariatric, I forgot what it's called. The bariatric uh, Zimmer frame. This bariatric frame's about as big as this. No lie. You have to walk with it and fold it up and then you walk with it and you stop again. But like I said, I didn't have the confidence to do the step. So time, so after that first time, I went out a few more times They come and got me and I remember being in the car and it felt well weird because I'm sitting down at that time, but I can't feel the sitting down. So I could feel like a stump, like in my core, that I'm sitting down because I still can't feel my legs at this stage properly. My right legs come back a lot more, but I have AFO, so I have no dorsiflexion. so I wear these things underneath that help me walk. I have no core balance, so I'll fall over, but wow, like all these things here, you never think you're going to go through this, man. How was it looking at your mum and dad seeing them crying? My dad never my dad never cried in front of me. Yeah? Like he, uh, no, sorry, can I rephrase that? My dad's never cried. He's always been like, I remember he come up to me, he's like, what did I tell you? from a young age, you're either in the hospital or prison, I'm not visiting you, hurry up and get out there. And I think that mentality kept me going. As much as it's strong love, I needed it, man. That was the time I needed yeah, strong you were weak. love. Yeah, because I was weak. really weak. The only and option you had was death. and, and that You was, gave up. That was it. And then, like I said, going back, it's a time where my uncle and my dad come in and call, come into the side room, randomly, they must have just sensed that I was going through a bad stage and my uncle got his hand, he, my uncle Joe, I look up to him. So he's another role model in my life as well. And he said, he got his hand, yeah. And he said, look at that. So he goes, look at that. Go like this. He goes, what can you see at the end? He said, light. He goes, you're going through the darkest tunnel now. But as you open it slowly, you'll see light. And then once, eventually you'll look back and you'll see light both sides. goes, because you're past it. But you've got to trust yourself to get through it. Are you man enough to do it? Can you do it? And that's when I realised I need to do it, man. So I got all my wires together, why I need to do it. And I remember going through it every single day. So I remember I was turning up for, not was I just turned up for physio, I was asking them for extra physio or can I do something on the ward at night? And then that's where it become, it become a process, it become a training. I train my mind to do it. And then I stopped the eating the food. I did get a gastric bypass. It's a weird, a funny story how it happened. I said to Dr. Belchie, if you don't get it, I'm going to go and pay for it to get done get it sorted, please, I beg you. And he's like, what's what's with your idea? I said, look, at the end of the day, has any spinal patient ever had a bypass and lost weight? He went, no. I said, I'll be the guinea pig. He took it up to the people ahead of him. They got it done in two weeks, but it didn't go the way I thought. I, I went, I'd lost 10 stone in six months. That wasn't enough for me to walk properly or to walk with any out aids or to even walk without a carer or a person with me. I had to get in the gym, not realizing you still have to work with these things. Then I lost 10 stone. I come to 22 and a half. Then I got outside into a gym. I I was always an early riser because in the morning they do bloods at 5 a.m. So I wake up at 5 a.m. It's normal now. Um, I got in the gym by six o'clock, easy gym. And I started using a sit down machine where you just train your arms. And then before I knew it, I lost another seven and a half stone. That's when my walking becomes strong. And how did you start feeling once you started losing oh, weight and
1: mindset? How did everybody else treat you as well? I started you? feeling
0: good, man. You know, when you are in shape, oh man, I felt good, man. I just felt so blessed. I thought, you know what, I can do it. I can do it. And it gave me more, it gave me more, it gave me more rope to say, yeah, i got this. I kept pulling, I kept pulling. Then I got from, I've gone from 5XL to 3XL, 3XL to 2XL, XL to large and then one time I got in a medium t-shirt, I was like, oh my gosh, I got in a medium. Mm-hmm. So you got to remember I've been in a medium since I was probably like two. Like mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Because I've always been like a heavier person. Yeah. So I was I was gassed that I can't lie. Then I started telling people like, you can do it if I can do it. And it's not so much I can do it. We all got the inner beast somewhere. We all got the fire in our stomach. Some It just takes a little while for it to, to flame up and just go, you know what? That word. You know, what? I'm gonna be real. I've got to swear that whole word helped me a few times. I was like fuck it. I don't keep, like that whole composure when I said it. I knew that was eat time. That was that was the line within me. That I'm I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this for myself. There's no one in this world. And then I started looking good. Then I started getting into tracksuits and I started feeling myself more. Then I didn't care what people thought. Then I started thinking, you know, what if I can tell people this is the process and trust it. And it started working.
1: Yeah. And now I'm here with you. Yeah, lucky man. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. So once you started getting out, going through all that, so what's the process now of your life? What are you doing now? Because I know you're in prisons and schools. Prison schools. How's that then? So how does people treat you that you've been the one shot? and a lot of people in prison are so, there for so
0: so much respect and light and, and in, in the enlightenment I have so much engagement through people through through older younger generations I have parents that have gone through a, a loss with a child and they just want to talk and just you know what I mean, I have a lot of good connections I have a like I have an but you know what it is for me I have a good foundation so let me tell you about the foundation so why it's important to have a foundation and I understand it now is if my family um, route is very good. So that's my mum, my dad, my brother and my son. I've got a beautiful nephew now. Such an amazing kid. And then I've got my partner's family and I've combined the families together. So my foundation's so strong, yeah, that I've that I've got. and My partner's been through so much with me and I can't even lie, do you know what? She, she's a powerful girl and at certain times I'm a bit moany, but you know, as I get through it, but I'll give it to her. She's really pulled me through because... When I got with her, I was doing negative stuff and just thinking negative, and her outlook's always been positive, but her brothers and sisters pat they they've really helped me too and her mum and I think for me so where I've gone forward now is I've made sure my foundation's so strong that anything after it can only get stronger so for my fam so for my God, my meditation, my family. They're so, they're so important to me in the mornings that like I, I look through stuff and my aunties, my uncle, I make sure that I'm at every family event. So from there, I can just excel in everything I need to do. And I haven't got to worry about if something at home's not right or if something on my other, like, left side is not right. Because it's all right, because I've gone back in time and made it okay because... And it's important to have them conversations with people, even when they're hard, like the communication between your friends, like even my circle of friends completely changed, man. Like I, I, some of the stuff that I would be having with conversations with people, it's nothing personal, but I don't indulge in them conversations. I don't find it funny and I just want to go. I want to leave, you know, when the energy's gone. you. Yeah, it's just like a drainer then, I, and I'm polite, I don't tell them that. I just, I, I remove myself and go about my business. And I tell you what another key thing is for me, gym. It's therapy, man. It's so much therapy for me. That is one of my biggest therapy ever. That is movements medicine. And um if without the gym, I don't know where I'd be. Yeah, I've seen some of your videos, very inspirational, yeah. brother, sitting there with a sledgehammer hitting the tires yeah. and But you know how that come about? That's down to the Brixton Street gym, the Terrell and Ben. But the reason why that's so important, because no other gym does it. Who caters for adaptive seated pe- seated exercises? They do the one gym in the whole world or the whole of UK, at least, that doesn't discriminate against disabled people or people with a disability. Cause what other gym do you know that you can feel? I've never felt comfortable in all the gyms I've been going, the easy gym, the David Lloyds, the beckoner, I mean, the spa gyms, everything. I have just been like that. Like, I feel like they look at you, but in that gym, they help you. So it, you, so as soon as you stop, someone else picks up and helps you. It's like the energy is crazy. Yeah. So you were in the hospital for two and a half years. Two
1: and a half. What was it like when you get told you were fucking leaving, get out, man? They oh, was happy
0: because because yeah. I, I had a bad. Do you remember you a pain had in the a, ass? Or? Oh, pain in nurse, nurse mm-hmm. every minute, nurse. Mm. Hey, that, like, Darren, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. But then I started becoming independent, that like, independent on myself. So it got better, and it got it got. Do you know what the last three months of hospital? You know what saved me, being being pitting on that weight because I got uh, an extra. <laughs> extra year in there because they couldn't house me (laughs) so look at the look at the irony like putting on all that weight gave me extra years extra physio because I couldn't be housed because my wheelchair is not going through a standard I think the wheelchair was 38 something centimeters wide. a door a standard the biggest door frame is 22 so then they finally got me out you know how they finally got me out they got me in a hotel travel lodge the wheelchair just fitted through but they took my wheelchair and it even gave me a shower chair and said don't come back you cause us so much trouble. <laughs> yeah. Shouting <laughs> on awards, being boisterous, but they love me then. Mm-hmm. I built a good relationship. I speak to a lot of them now and uh, man, they're, they're heroes, man. Yeah, people are amazing. They don't get paid enough. They're not. They my mum works for Cordia as well. Yeah.
1: And they're getting in and they clean up shit and piss. Somebody farts, <laughs> I can fall out with somebody for doing uh, yeah, that. Do you know what yeah, I mean? So yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> For, for the people to do that And actually yeah. get up Every morning And try to help others And save lives It's, it's yeah. phenomenal They are They're real superheroes for The, the
0: soup, yeah. like, and, and they don't get paid They're tired I've mm-hmm. seen when they're tired 12 hour shifts Eight, 18 hour shifts Of lifting people That are yeah. like Two, three and times this their women In their 50s and 60s
1: There you yeah. go
0: There you go And yeah. I, I believe they do it Because something May happen in their life Or they just really care because you can't do that job for that money. And same with teachers. I don't, teachers are more than the teacher in schools. Most schools I've visited, they're mentors, man. Do you know what it is? When I look back now, I wish I learned more at school because I'm not saying I would have been brainier, but if I just listened instead of talked all the time. Yeah, you think you know everything at that age. Yeah, you do. You think you know it all. Yeah. And the, my dad used to say, just listen, stop talking. Stop talking, you'll get the answers. Listen to who you... When you're with someone or a teacher's telling you something, all the answers... Just listen. Yeah, we it. How was your heart in that when you
1: started putting on weight? Was uh, it, did, you, is, did you do any tests of or that? And no, I was had a lot. Did of, your
0: dad never say to You listen. No, he was always get your you. shit together. Yeah, like get it together, Darren, sort it out. Sort it out. And he's he, like I said, his words were like a box around the face. So when he said it, I was like, okay, he do not matter what age, even now, he will say, like, my name a certain way. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I respect him. And they're the only ones that are there when the shit yeah, hats the fan. There you go. And, and that's, listen, who, let me tell you something now. All these associates, 60, 70 people, 80 people, I didn't see you after the three days of my hospital, man. I still ain't seen people now. So all the people I didn't think were going to be there. They're there. So reverse role. So all the people that I thought were the heroes and the bad boys and this, that, the other. No, they disappeared, man. They got me their life. They went out clubbing. They lived their life. They went home to their families. You know who's to pick up the PCs? The people that I used to run from. My mum, my dad, my brother. Everyone else. That's that's the way it is. And I think it's crazy to think that the people that you think are going to be there, they're not there for you, man. What do you think of people who are in gangs just now? I think get out of it, man. Like, don't ever be afraid. Just just, just just, take a right turn and be like, I'm not doing it no more and get out of the gang. And if you can't, just please tell someone, man, because what you're going to realise is, I witnessed that so many people get done with joint enterprise. And let's say there's five people involved. Sometimes the other three or four, they're not really involved. They're just there, but they're going to go down for this simple word called, I'm not snitching and, you, you got to think, man, it's going to affect your family. Not only that, a lot of these talents, you know how much kids, even women, are picking up knives now. Like, you know how much talent there is. And like I feel that there's so much talent. They, the outlets they have, we never had. they got Instagram, that is a TikTok um, TikTok or Snapchat. Snapchat, Facebook. But they can, and you got the young Asian boy, I got to referred to him because his parents were buying him toys. He's worth seven mil for opening a toy and explaining what it felt like in his hand. So there's so much. Positive outlets and opportunities for these kids to go further, and so much clubs for football and the girls, the horse riding and the makeup artists, and even girls. Well, Arsenal girls play better than Arsenal actual football <laughs> like men. Like, do you know what I mean? So there's so much positive outlets, and don't let the internet fool you, man. Don't don't let social media fool you because half the people in there that floss all these watches and that they ain't got that. They they're not they're going down the jewelry shop getting sponsored to wear a couple of watches for the jewellery shop to pick up and say, oh look, yeah, I've got this watch today. Listen, I, Apple Watch is the best watch I've already had. I've had a Rolex. Got it. Done that. The way Apple Watch is, keeps me fit. It keeps me going. Tracking it keeps steps. Yeah. That's my addiction. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? And I think, don't get caught up with, um, I have to go back to chasing money. You know what currency is for me? It's love. Like I said, it's love. It's an emotion. It's an upskill. Help someone around you and don't, always, don't be afraid to lend a hand and, or a conversation or open ear or heart for someone because you never know what they're going through, man. And no matter my, what money I get, if I, look, if I get two, three million pound now, if you say to me, Darren, you know what? I've got this much. Here, it's not going to make me happy, man. You are what's going to make me happy? You teaching me a skill or helping me get further in something that I'm passionate about. Because money comes and goes. But if you're the flow of money, it always comes. So you've got to change your narrative around the currency. And currency for me, like I said, is just being there at an event or being around someone that's their energy. That's more than any money you can buy. And with that, I'm not saying money can't buy things, but I'm saying that money's going to come and go. Yeah, our upskill will get you further or love or an emotion. That a lot of people like love and they're scared to say, and it's sad, man, how much people commit suicide, but especially men because they can't just speak up and say to their partner, I haven't got the money. So rather commit suicide or my mum or their mum or dad, I, ha- I can't do this no more because I'm not doing this no more. But but please, man, just just talk to someone, man. Cause yeah, I, it's difficult. How we, when you were trying to kill yourself in the hospital, what
1: was going through your mind five minutes, 10 minutes beforehand? That I'm making it better for everyone around me. I'm not a burden. Yeah, it's sad to think that, isn't <laughs> it? But you don't really...
0: It doesn't really take away your pain. What it does is pass it on. There you go. So then mm-hmm. that comes back to how much more trauma I'm about to put on my loved ones again. How much heart f- felt heartache can they take? They blame themselves maybe. There you go. They couldn't have helped and you anymore. And it's more. nothing to do with them. And, yeah. and I appreciate every person that has been there through my journey, even the ones that fell off. Because you made my journey. And I don't ever regret that. As human beings
1: worth. We're just ungrateful. Yeah, but like it's you. You really appreciate life more when you, you're at death's door. Yeah, then you get fuck all to live for. Listen, when you've got nothing, yeah,
0: that's when your come up comes. But yeah,
1: we've all got the currency to change the world, to make yeah. great strides, to a better life, a happier life, Thank a more you. successful life. But some people don't realise that. Yeah. Your prime example that. Until you were actually short, paralysed, shitting everywhere. There you go. Uh, that you never realised how this. good your life was?
0: I didn't really, I didn't realise getting up and going to the top of the cupboard in the hospital and getting a pair of socks was a privilege, man. Yeah. <laughs> I missed I realised sitting in a wheelchair not moving and Oh man, I remember my feet not moving and I remember I remember they used to say to me, Just sleep. when you go to sleep at night, send the messages down. I was like, how do you send a message down to something that's not working? But it works, man. Mm-hmm. It really does work. And you got to remember, no matter what dark place you're at and when you're going through something, um, man, I'm a man, like I said, it's by faith, man. I'm on my knees praying even though I can't feel it sometimes and I know God's got me. But my God's going to be different from other people's gods or how they think of it. But I know he's got me, man. And like I said, it's just the people, like, my biggest thing is be around people's circles and, Whatever you're feeding your, whatever you feed your, feed yourself is in food wise. Make sure you're feeding food, your thoughts in your mentally. head as well, mentally as well, because yeah. they're the ones that count, man. And mm-hmm. be cautious of what you're doing. And don't always really say yes to people. You're allowed to say no. It's not a pressure. I've learned the hard way of saying no. It hurts to say no. I, I like saying yes. So if you say yeah, can I walk four fads? Um, yeah, I'm there. Mm-hmm. Oh, can I come here now? Yes, I'm coming now. I outrun. My, I burn myself out. It's because I feel that I want to help so much people. Cause I see so much people that if you just tweak it for them or help them with that, just that little thing, they'd be on the right path. And that's come from just just having that heart, man. Uh, what's your daily routine like now? Oh, it's, it's so my daily routine. So I get up in the morning, pray for 20 minutes, meditate for about 10. Then I go down. And use uh, I go. I'm always in the gym. So every day is like a 900 Monday to Friday, 900 to 700 calorie, 700 to calorie burn. Uh, eat well. I don't eat meat um, because I've watched that fridge for farms, and I've been aware yeah. of what I eat because the hormones that goes into what your body. What the and stuff? Yeah, I, mean, I watched yeah.
1: that. And I ended up vegetarian for two years. Yeah, see, yeah, uh, yeah so
0: I'm pescatarian six mm-hmm. years.
1: See, I'm not now. I did, yeah. I did a documentary last year. I eat chicken yeah. now, but I'll go plant based next year. Yeah, I, I just yeah, I'm gonna feel do as it. if I should be doing it. Yeah, I'm going to I just do feel it. as if it's laziness. Yeah, it uh, gives you a healthy uplift. Yeah, there's something I, within I'm you. just making excuses that because it's. It's hard to cook It's yeah. excuses It's not hard yeah. It's just yeah. It's easier just to go across the road And it get is, shit there That's got, all it yeah. is I just I believe I will go Plant based I think yeah. it will take me to another
0: level Mentally 101 million It opened new doors for you So you're eating good then Eating good And being what around you now So um, So I'm on So I'm in between So Monday to Friday Is straight veg mm-hmm. Like veg pack With I have a tuna mixed in it um, Vegan sausages Which is shroom sausages Um and they do like a tea car sausage, like tea car slices. So that's Monday to Friday. Cheat day is Saturday or Sunday. We'll be a pizza, Thai or something like that. But obviously, pescatarians mm. would be fish, and just spending time with my loved ones and attaching myself to the happy people around me, like that bring me like power. Like I feel like you bring me Good something. Energy. Energy. Yeah, that's what. Are it smoking is. weed or anything? in through nah. your dark days? No, no, no. No weed. I try CBD oil.
1: How was that for your anxiety? it Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what anything externally. I don't believe yeah. to try and cut out. I don't take coffee. I don't do anything that anything that stimulates my mind. No. I want someone to do told it physically me about
0: f- Reiki. Reiki. Yeah, I do be... Reiki. Yeah. Okay, well, it's, so like really
1: it's like healing energy. Yeah. So they say it's like energy. Everything's your chakras as well. Yeah. everything's Okay. Energy. Yeah. So when you become if you're eating shit, drinking. Taking drugs, if you're doing bad shit, everybody's got an aura, so it yeah. pokes holes in it, lets all the negativity okay. come in. Everything's so, pure energy. Yeah,
0: so I've been, been having uh, a acupuncture, I've never mm-hmm. tried it. We've been so against it. Why am I gonna pick acupuncture when I can't feel um my legs properly, but my legs are hurting I- internally? I've been doing acupuncture and he's been burning something, he calls it um birthday cake. They burn something on top of the needle with and it's been helping. And like I said, just touching myself to my loved ones and good people that like I met Murray, you wouldn't even believe Murray I've met. <laughs> like Shout out to Murray. Shout out Murray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three Big weeks. fan of the podcast, I yeah. mustached as Big well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, just, just being like the right energy and the right people have been coming around. And I think when you got that like, pastor said something to me in church and he said it three times in a row. And the last time he said it to me just before lockdown, it is the most powerful message for me. He said, some of you, And some person in this church today is holding a door open while this other door is ready for them. But the more you're holding this door open, not closing it, thinking that your old routine's going to work for you, you're wrong. Till you shut that door, this door will not fully be open. And I went home with that message and I thought, I'm clearing out everything. So within my phone, within my space, within my mind, I cleared it out. I stopped talking to a lot of people and contacts. No lie, within a week, I thought that message for me and through God and that doors have just been open continuously yeah,
1: you must cut out that poison it listen to. to your phone calls yeah. are they enhancing your life are you feeling better there you go. if they're not you must grow the strength and yeah. say no I need to come back yeah. people won't hate on you yeah. they will talk shit about you but then were they ever really your friends were ever really your supporters yeah. of course they weren't yeah. but people do get annoyed when you come back and take a step back exactly. because they feel as if you forgot yourself well, Why are you doing that You think you're better than me It's not I just want yeah. change And to create change You must do things differently You have
0: to And you have to have A creative change And a creative focus Do you know what I mean I've met a lot of people Via my. This is why you got to use Your social media properly It's your brand It's your social media You control it So if someone's trolling you Block them If someone's being rude to you Block them You don't, you don't have to Give them that energy When you unplug They don't like it yeah. when, you when you interact you, That's right. you're fuck. Yeah. Your day's fucked Two or three days There you go And you're yeah. just You're going round in circles And the, the, the thing is with social media for me I just want to buy my videos and by the way what I, is your social media for people to tune in just now literally just for, um, AWOL underscore motivation is literally just to give you upliftment and give you courage to say look whatever you're doing there's a process to it keep doing it because when you're through that process you're going to look back and be like it's worth it and just don't stop man and like like Keep going. What does AWOL mean? So, your second name? AWOL. So it's A way of life, motivation. But obviously my surname's is So I've just shortened the AWOL um out of my name and put it into thing because it is a way of life. And I remember my dad gave me a record bag uh ages ago and it said AWOL. Do you remember the old record bag? Yeah, so you know yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where I got it from and ever since you know like I just see it. I see it everywhere. Like I see a wall. I see a lot of numbers as well. I see a. It's weird. I see a lot of 7s everywhere I go. Like I always see a seven or a three. But that
1: signs from people say angels or whatever. Yeah. you're protected. I'm protected. We're yeah. on a path
0: and hundred percent. I'm taking things to fucking new heights. Yeah, what and you've done is amazing. Yeah, like, thank you. Like it's powerful, man. And I've seen a lot of your work and. It's consistent man And it's consistency Better every single time You you level up All the time
1: That's all you've got to keep doing And always say If you think you've made it You've only took two steps back I question though Why I'm doing it What I'm doing There was a time I was craving The attention of it But now you you realise It's bullshit The the money The materialistic things Always promote it As bullshit Don't get me wrong It's nice to have luxury If you've worked hard But Appreciate it. I I, I do genuinely appreciate it. I drove about in a 300 pound Mazda for two years. I actually broke down a few weeks ago driving back from Manchester. (laughs) So coming up the motorway just went. Yeah, Um, Friday night. We were driving back from Manchester. Me and Nick broke down, left it in the motorway, 991, picked it up. I said, just crush it. And that was that. Got a new motor a couple of days ago. It's a bit better, a bit of luxury, but you know what? I fucking earned it. Yeah, yeah, of course you do, yeah. That is all bullshit. Yeah. I just want it, the finer things in life. Everything within. have a, yeah. a happy medium. Yeah, that, that, I ain't a saint. I don't promote. I was fucking golden child. Same, same I still it. fuck up. I still get angry. I still feel like kicking fuck out of people. I st- don't matter how much I meditate, I'll drive and I'll yeah. think I'll fucking Trigger. kill that cunt. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. don't know why I do it. Yeah. And I think you're doing
0: that thing yeah. again, James. My yeah. mind can go a wandering yeah. for five, ten yeah, minutes. Goes, it, listen, just like that, yeah. just like that. One, one, one hurdle can send it into that. Yeah. One hiccup and you're there same with me but do you know what I mean it's just like like you said it's it's about when you're taking that dip Mm -hmm. how to handle it you can admit like I'll take a dip like today I was in a rush and me I'm I'm a man that wants to get here do this do that do that but it is you need to slow it down
1: when the universe puts it in place it will happen at the right time yeah 100% so looking back in all your life looking back at the night you were shot do you forgive the person who shot you
0: yeah 100% how hard was that for you hard because I, the I say the the new not the new me but the three years ago me, I probably would have just wished bad stuff. Now,
1: but I only wish is bad upon yourself. There you go. That it's a reflection. The, of yeah, what that you releases take, the poison yeah. inside you, holding on to that pain, yeah. holding on to that resentment. What if this and playing it over yeah. and over and over? That only kills you not yeah, exactly. the who done it never does karma always wins in the end always so no always. matter what anybody's and the worst done, is
0: even though karma always wins I don't wish karma on you man yeah I wish you happiness I turn my back on it you know why because I've I've hit it face on and if every problem that I get now instead of going around the problem like we all do as humans I face it head on the person who done that could be potentially watching but if he, he got, was
1: watching right now what would you say to
0: him thank you just have, just make sure that next time when you do something that you're not doing it, it do, just do, don't do what you did to me in it like think first like before you pick up a gun or a knife or you think you're going to endanger someone's life it's not just my man it's my family and my loved ones and everything I do the actions and the anxiety because it's not just the physical pain it's the mental breath. the mental pain's going to kill you nearly like my mental pain nearly took imagine that I took the physical pain but mentally it was killing me. So I would I wouldn't I'd just think first, man. And is it worth it? No, it was never worth it, man.
1: And it kills your dad, kills your mom, kills your son. There you your go. Your brother. And She's so on. he's already felt pain losing. My love, aunties, man. my uncles,
0: yeah. the 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 the, the, so, the few friends I friends I do have. And you know what it is? It's only gonna come back to you. But like I said, I don't wish it. But listen, just think first, man, and a message to anyone that thinks picking up a knife or gun's cool or brandishing it or rolling around with it, you're scared. If you can't physically I'm not saying fight But if you physically cannot Have a one on one with someone You shouldn't be having these fights But you're not a man if you can't Fight You're a pussy (laughs) It's as simple as that And I know (laughs) plenty of friends
1: And bad men
0: Who've done that shit And I'll tell them They are pussies You're fucking weak Listen if I can have a fair fight If you beat me up You're a man Mm -hmm. Yeah I'll shake your hand If you pick up a weapon While we're fighting You're a pussy Yeah That's the truth million percent
1: so going through all your life first of all it's amazing what you're doing achieving losing the weight kicking on we don't stop man. yeah so looking back at it all obviously it brings back a lot of emotions but
0: going forward for the future with yourself what's the plans for darren so the plans is is to well i've got a life coaching um website and company that started i also got a podcast that's going to be taxi talk so i've got a London taxi, right. wrapped it in bright blue, mm-hmm. it's called hashtag taxi talk, mm-hmm. uh, no, hold on, yeah, hashtag taxi talk, so basically, yeah, we're going to go around and hold conversations in it, and then you're going to come Real in. T- I'll be there, brother, <laughs> I'll be there. Yeah.
1: We'll leave all the links in yeah. the description and stuff. Yeah.
0: So, how are you feeling, brother, talking about all this madness? I feel like, the. F- I always feel like I off for myself, but for this time, I feel like the weight's off my shoulder because i've never gone into deep deep depths and show people some people i have told them about it because i just want them to know that some people that you know when they're around you and they might be doing certain things i showed them the realness i showed them the the, what i went through just as an example i'll be the example of what can happen so just take take the turn and forget about it don't like turn it off a cheek but for me like i feel better now man I feel that I needed this to do And this was the right time Weight off your shoulders Yeah 100% How's your dad see you now? No it's good. <laughs> My dad probably You know it's I think I think as a dad You probably say, That's still my little boy Like mm-hmm. how I see my brother Is my little brother But is he's he proud not, of he's you now? Yeah I, I, I hope to Does he say not, it? He's, it, proud, it? He's, proud yeah. of me. he's proud of me He's proud yeah. of me He, he is because he says to not me Not a man who shows his emotions no, much No no He keeps it close to his heart yeah. But I know he loves me man. I mm-hmm. definitely know my mum loves me too uh, yeah. I think my mum My mom, Yeah definitely Definitely And like, like, like I said, like my partner, her family. So this drunk. was a partner before you got shot as well? No, this is the partner. After? After, so this person. You're in the wheelchair and stuff? And- yeah, got w- w- with me through my, in- through me falling over, me going through depression, through me being in the house, um, you name it, having to help me urinate. Yeah, it's a lot for house. someone. Um, she got me after the injury. So I've known her since I was uh, 16. And uh now, I've been with her six years. So, yeah, and that's it. And then i got to say my cousin as well um, and her family's been so supportive and I've grown... I've always been very close to her, but we're very close. Like, we're so close now. It's unreal. And they are powerful people around me.
1: You're born stronger with the ones yeah. who are there when you need them the
0: most. There you go. And that, and that's what it is. Yeah. So, but do you go into prisons and stuff now? So, yeah, yeah I've been doing... So, lo, lo, I've been doing three prison visits and Secure Business I've been mentoring four kids in Alsbury with uh, they with social service um, as well so that's I've been doing that for a year and on top of that I've been doing a, I've done a few schools in London I've done about 120 schools and um, yeah just just showing them the rawness that just don't get caught up man you're, you're not called to be in a gang a gang for me is Arsenal even though they're a crap team but mm. that that's the truth but that's a gang for me that's a that's a, a nice gang and getting in the gang doesn't make you strong man it means you've got probably a group of like I've said before four or five people that are weak and one's leading it because he knows you're vulnerable what is it there's four or five people vulnerable being groomed yeah that's what it is the sad thing is uh, in one of my mentoring things um, is uh, these I don't rate anyone that does this that you've got these guys going they call it county lines you're getting the young 10 year olds you're buying them trainers um, you're giving them fifty pound to plug kindergarten eggs up their ass, my friend. You're being raped. Yeah, that that's rape. Yeah, that that that's not cool, man. You can't. That, kids at that the age of ten are going up to Wales and these countries on count, they're called the county lines, plugging dr- drugs to drop up for the older people. That's not cool, man. That's going to be that's someone's child, and if that splits into their anus stream, the, their bloodstream's going to go into their anus, and they're, they're going potentially die. Like think about it, and. Just because they're giving you £50 a pair of trainers, use your brain, you're being brought. They own you. So, for the minute you pick up that trainer or that money, they own you. That's the sad thing about it, man.
1: For anybody watching that's maybe going through the struggle, yeah. maybe stuck in a wheelchair or yeah. going through a depression or in, maybe involved in a gang, what advice would you give for them?
0: Mate, just mate, if you're in a wheelchair and you're at that point, Whatever your life looks like, just remember your darkest days uh, can be your brightest days. You need to get your mind around it. And like I said, just just don't stop, man. And when you stop, that's when you give up, man. And I don't want you to stop. And if you're involved in a gang, like I said, don't do it, man. lady, uh, Girls and boys or men and women, just just stop stop and think, man, because you're going to be have repercussions. Just because you do something and get away with it today, don't mean it won't come back and bite you. People don't forget. Yeah. Uh, that's it, and I just think that you need to have an open mind of what you're doing to someone else's sibling. Mm-hmm. Dan no,
1: oh, thank you man. for coming on today, Powerful, brother. i telling your story, oh, proud of you, Jace. what you're doing, mate, making changes. I know she's trying to sneeze, yeah. just let it out. Don't worry about that. It. <laughs> uh, just, uh, crying. <laughs> it's um, it's phenomenal. No, thank you, the man. things that you've done, pushing forward, yeah for a wheelchair and in the hospital try to kill yourself to now go to gyms going round schools going round prisons changing lives fair play to you brother and I look forward to seeing the rest of you thank you again thank you so much Thank you. God
0: bless you can
1: also watch my podcast on my YouTube channel the link is in the bio if you'd like to subscribe you can follow me on my social media platforms to see who my next guest is follow me on Facebook English 11 Twitter James English Zero Instagram James English, too. You can also download these podcasts on iTunes or Spotify. I've-
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.